Greetings to fellow geeks, to our devoted fan base, and to basically everyone else willing to spend some quality time with Ikuzo. It's time to go back to the geeky teams. When we were wondering what team to cover this week, I scrolled upon some Moon Knight meme on my feed, and I told Luke, you ever wondered about the burden of superheroes' alter egos? Whole bunch of them have mental problems. Many of them are for hire. Few of them are actually assholes. So, Luca, are you ready, as you say, to dissect these teams? Oh, and how are you doing? Uh, yes, I'm uh, absolutely ready to dissect uh, psychology of alter egos and, uh, and egos and <laughs> uh, all that jazz. And super egos. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in hype for that. Well... Basically, when we say the, the, the alter egos, also known as uh, AKA, first thing that we think about is actually Batman, because uh, a lot of his storylines, a lot of uh, general fans of Batman think uh, about his identity as something special. You know? And there, there, there are heroes like Batman, like Spider-Man, who keep their identity hidden there are heroes like iron man who keep it public there are some that keep it hidden from the the, the, the people from the public but not from their uh, colleagues in superhero duty so what do you think about that well, yeah, we usually associate secret identities with uh, Bruce Wayne or Batman, but uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, when you, I think, for example, just in Batman case right now, that the, some of the best Batman stories are those who who rely on what's happening with Bruce Wayne as well as what is happening with Batman and, and how they uh, portray that whatever fucked up situation he's in. Uh, how they portray that uh, on his himself as a person and on himself as a Batman, because those are two different personalities. And when you think about heroes that are public, there's also there's also a general burden there. Because uh, think about Fantastic Four or, uh, for example, Iron Man. So public knows you; they know you're this superhero. So maybe maybe some shit pops up. And, and more importantly, villains know it. Yeah, and villain knows, and there's. For example, the threat to your family or people you know, but as well, there's a from public opinion, so to speak, yeah. the, the PR, public relations. You, uh, some shit pops up, and, and you're first that public is going to turn to because you you are this known guy. You you, you should be doing this job, and maybe you shouldn't do it, uh, be doing it. So the, the, there's a fine line in that, and there's uh, the, the, there's toughness in both of those. So um, having an alter ego being being the secret identity or whatever uh is a definitely i think underrated theme in uh, comic books yeah uh, i mean even those storylines with joker and uh, batman joker never really cared about who is under that mask you know and Basically, this stuff, when you men when people mention the Batman's secret identity, yes, for Gotham, yes, for USA, yes, for the world, for the galaxy. But actually, everyone in line of duty, everyone close to Batman know his identity. Jim Gordon, Barbara Gordon, uh, Alfred, 
uh, Batwoman, uh, Clark Kent, Justice League, everyone. So it's not a big deal. And there's always this debate because uh, how much Batmans can be, can it be from Gotham? <laughs> when you narrow your choices between few people, between Falcone and Bruce Wayne, it's obviously an easy choice, you know. But when you talk, uh, now more concrete, when you talk about Batman and Superman, you know, this persona of Bruce Wayne, the, the life he's living for the public, that's actually his secret identity because the real Bruce Wayne is under the mask. He, he's the sociopath <laughs> with craving for violence, you know. And Superman, his secret identity is Clark Kent because uh, he's uh, the Superman and he's hiding that identity from us. Uh, yeah, and that's an interesting dynamic because uh, basically... Batman has a three personalities. It has, it has Batman, like when he's out on the streets of Gotham. It has Bruce Wayne for the public, which is the the, the son of the wealthy family who is a billionaire playboy. And he has maybe that one that is the real Bruce Wayne, or to call it like that. And who, when he can be this personality, it's very rare. You know, maybe he can be. Before Alfred, but he's always in the Batman mode, so to speak. Yeah. And like you mentioned, in, um, and famously Tarantino quoted it in uh, Kill Bill, who is the uh, Clark Kent is essentially he is about that life. <laughs> One yeah. of the few uh, characters in uh, comic books that he is genuinely that person. You know, he is genuinely Superman uh, for us. But and he's portraying this character, this Clark Kent, who is, uh, you know, which barely lacks from the Henry Cavill's performance. Uh, he should be a little bit too dorky. He should be a smart guy, but, you know, uh, lacking some, you know, quirky personality uh, in him. And um, that's very interesting to look at it from that perspective uh, of Superman and his burden uh, that he carries and he just carries glasses for his <laughs> secret identity. Yeah, but those are magic glasses, so God forbid <laughs> if he loses them somewhere. And basically, uh, the line that distinguish those two personalities, those two identities, for example, Batman and Bruce Wayne, the longer he's doing his superhero job, let's say, uh, that line is thinner and thinner. Because, and in Batman case, Bruce Wayne is becoming more Batman. Yes. You know, in some cases... For example, Superman, he's becoming more more Clark Kent because he's starting to behave like a human being, because uh, not like a Kryptonian. He, he's similar to us. He's spending time from us. There's probably more psychology than we can take and sociology. And in time, I wonder, and for example, Peter Parker, who is just a teenage boy, you know, and, and he has this big responsibility on his shoulders, uh, which he has to take upon. And you have the storyline in Civil War, when he and Tony Stark disclose his character, his uh, secret identity, and that's when the trouble, uh, trouble starts. And there are characters you wanted to talk about, like Punisher, like Hulk, who hate those <laughs> jobs. Uh, yeah, but it's more like uh, my favorite trope, uh, see what I've become, you know, uh, something like that. But uh, think about it. And I think 
maybe maybe comic some rarely comic books do a good job of this. I think, like you said, they kind of morph into the same. Yeah. And there was from my favorite, you know, Frank Miller run on on, on Daredevil, of course, um, chapter two hundred nineteen of Daredevil. I have it here, uh, where he goes as as a. Or, or that was one where he shoots Gladiator. I don't I don't remember the chapter exactly, but there's a chapter in Frank Miller run where Matt Murdock, dressed as a Matt Murdock, he goes to a little town outside of New York that is ridden with crime. And he goes as a Matt Murdock, which is fairly interesting, just as this blind man who is uh, very dangerous. And this little town is corrupted. And he, he takes care of the job as Matt Murdock without the, the, the suit, without anything. And he's ruthless on a job. And I think on the, when more comic books should, uh, would do that, I would, I would kind of appreciate that more because I need to see if you're going to uh, break the line between them. Uh, that's when I need to see it. I need to see if this guy is going mad, he's going mad all the way. <laughs> you know, if he's about that life, he's sort of about that life. And I think that lacks from some of these comic books. And uh, you mentioned before I mentioned Hulk, uh, which uh, I hate that we don't have that in kind of MCU. His uh, his total uh, self created uh, pain or horror that he's uh, this monster that can turn in any moment and be a total destruction. And I always liked that from MCU. So I think you have that's the most genuine dynamic that I get from Hulk. That's why I think he's so interesting character because you have to see this Hulk as a curse, as a curse, really dark curse, almost as a horror. If this being gets out, then we're all fucked. That's almost a horror that you you basically can't defeat. You can only escape it. And uh, that's where that Bruce Banner will personality comes in because through all that struggle he will he almost wants to take his life and that's that's what i like from those kinds of characters then read a fucking immortal hulk already (laughs) and and under these calls under those masks and everything for example moon knight the the tv show just uh just came out and Moon Knight is the he has three personalities, you know. He's uh, he has Jake, he has Mark and Steven in comics and in MCU. But all of those three have one in common, Moon Knight. All three of them are Moon Knight. So some of the heroes are in some way there, there's like a healing to 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 their selves, you know, because when they are Moon Knight they do not care about the problems that any of uh, each of these personalities carries with them. You know, they're Moon Knight. They're doing their job, and it goes for every hero. You know, uh, when you take that mask, you're responsible to it. You know, in some sense. And when you talked about Daredevil and that chapter with uh, Nuke, uh, with Gladiator, uh, with Bullseye, with Bullseye, with Bullseye. Uh, there's one variable that's really important. That was different time, you know. And we saw what should happen. And generally, that's what I liked with uh, No Way Home. When uh, the video with uh, with Mysterio came out on uh, Daily Bugle and everything. The people, and I, I really loved this shot. Because uh, from the previous movies, uh, some people who, who, who were cheering Spider-Man, you know, 
for his de- for superhero deeds and everything. And now in this scene when everyone is judging him, there's those people, you know, they're throwing bricks, for example, and it really shows what kind of society we are and that quote, the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's an excellent point. And uh, uh, think about this uh, again in in the Spider-Man case, and uh, that was the awesome route. That's why No Way Home was so so great. You know, uh, we we saw this route. What happens when um, he got his privacy usurped, uh, so to speak? Uh, and the same people, like you mentioned, were we're now the enemies basically of him so uh, the, the the perception is a magical thing uh, in, in some sense and uh again like spider-man you, you mentioned in civil war he maybe uh he revealed his identity and for for that character it's really important like one of my favorite stories uh craven the last hunter uh last hunter of, yeah last hand of craven um in that comic book uh, a little bit of spoilers. When he when he defeats Spider-Man, he takes his suit and he pretends to be a Spider-Man. But that's the that's the perception of the Spider-Man that he had. He portrayed Spider-Man for what he saw, and that was really interesting to read because you were wondering uh, then if this is the perception of Kramer, what is what is the perception of common citizen maybe and is that the perception of every citizen different and that's why i love that uh, portrayal in a in no way home and uh there, there was his version of of spider-man and he could he wanted to prove that he can be spider-man and he in his head he proved it but to our readers we were like well, oh that's not spider-man but maybe to him that was spider-man yeah, really interesting, and uh, you, even you, you have the newer storyline story with Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers, when, for example, Bullseyes take the call of Hawkeye. Uh, I forgot who take the, the, the call of Spider-Man. He was also in the black suit, you like it. Uh, and, you know, it's... And a lot of heroes, a lot of other heroes we see now on screen or in comics, it doesn't matter. For example, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers, they are all carrying that same mental, but not in the same way, like you said. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned it, uh, that was the part of themes in, uh, as well, Falcon and Wilter Soldier with uh, Johnny Walker becoming Captain America. Yeah. Uh, he, was, uh, he was like thinking this mental... And we, as the viewers, were, were we were immediately skeptical. Like, there was that there was that meme uh, that he became most hated character after one episode and basically doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird how we form this perception of, uh, and it's especially uh, crazy when when we consider these superheroes, these heightened personalities, these you know usually peak humanity representatives. But yeah. Especially when you think about Captain America, who is supposed to represent some kind of pinnacle of heroism in, in yeah. some sense. And we took it sort of for granted. This is Captain America, but it has to be Steve Rogers. It's not Captain America if it's not Steve Rogers. You, you, you Johnny Walker, whoever the fuck you are, you can't be, you can't be Captain America, you know, so to speak. So it was important to us that it is Steve Rogers. <laughs> And not Johnny Walker. 
and whoever the fuck was Johnny Walker uh, to us. And we didn't even know who the guy was, basically. Uh, so it's really interesting when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, there's basically phenomenon because the Captain America code that became the symbol of freedom, of superheroism, uh, not just in, uh, in Marvel fictional world, yeah. but in ours as well. Because in time, Steve Rogers became bigger than Captain America, you know. And uh, bottom line of secret identities is to protect something. Sometimes to protect yourself from yourself. Sometimes to to protect your close and loved ones uh, from uh, from villains. (laughs) But the bottom line is, if you're Iron Man... You don't need to hide your identity because no one wanna fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, as Tony says, he is Iron Man. Yeah, that, that Tony Stark is Iron Man. Bottom line. Yep. And there's uh, the question of uh, functionality of this in the real system, because imagine that you have people like Victor Von Doom, like. Uh, um, I don't know, Mr. Fantastic, Tony Stark, Iron Man, uh, basically whoever, Venom, and you do not know who he is. I mean, what would government do? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Because you have this freak that you do not know his goals, his motivations, nothing about him, you know? And I think that in the real world, they will not be looked at as a superhero. They, they will be looked upon as a threat. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, in the comics, which is obvious, you know, they are heightened portrayal of, of them, you know, sort of. Uh, that's not how it would work, basically, in yeah. real life. Uh, not this, uh, that, that's why we love boys, both uh, you and I, we love uh, boys so much because it's it portrays it in... Maybe it's heightened in the bad way. Maybe it wouldn't be so yeah. fucking bad as well. But generally, we wouldn't meet in the middle. We would meet on the bad side more. <laughs> uh, so there's this heightened reality around us and uh, around superheroes and uh, as well in My Hero Academia. That basically wouldn't be on that side. Yeah. I mean, uh, the boys. It was so special because I believe it's at least the uh, first uh, ecranization of the, 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 the uh, of the this superhero society that is rotten to its roots, you know. And those heroes in that world, in the boys' world, they're just doing the job, you know. It's like like the janitor, like CEO, like everything else, you know. I can be uh, a violent motherfucker in real life. I can be uh, wife beater. I can be a humble <laughs> family man. I, I I can be a pedophile. Whatever you know, and it's scary. It's scary, man. <laughs> you know, because you have these superhumans that you know the descendants of the god, and they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Uh, yeah, but uh, as Homelander says. Yeah, and. Uh, I think about boys as well, secret identity. Comlander says to the, the Starlight, uh, I discarded my uh, identity years ago. He doesn't have identity in that world, basically. Okay. He's, he's Homelander. 
24-7. He, and he, in his mind, is Homelander. That's, that's basically all he has in, in that universe. It's that portrayal of himself. Oh, and for a lot of characters, actually, in Boys, we don't know much about them as, as people, you know, uh, what they previously were. So it's interesting because they morphed into this, whatever this is, you know, and they are basically living that and they have to live through that because that's Homelander. He depends on the public opinion and he would kill everybody. But at the same time, if he kills everybody, nobody will love him. And that's where that thin line draws. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that sums up pretty much of this conversation in this episode. So that was it for today and stay tuned next week. Wait, Chris Hogan, author, life coach and speaker. It will be fun interview. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted and we always will as we have to order our usual. Share us and subscribe us and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!